just a quick warning that we're going to be talking about diving, depths, worlds, death, birth, life, patriarchy, existentialism, maybe abortion, maybe miscarriage. Um, also clitorises, clitori. I'm not sure what the pluralization is, but that too. So maybe skip these next few episodes if you don't want to hear that. <laughs> Welcome to Divers Part 3. Divers three. Part 3. We're here. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hope everyone is doing well. It's like almost spring. And that feels very hopeful. More hopeful than hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> more hopeful than hopeless. Potentially more hopeful than we currently feel about our, our ability to properly analyze this song. But before we get into it today, we're just going to do this new thing real quick. Um, just at the beginning of the episode, we're going to thank people whose contributions we used in the bonus episodes on Patreon. So if you send in a theory and we talk about it on the podcast, we're going to just give you a little shout out here because we so appreciate you. So this week on bonus episode 22, we talk about Marcus's contribution to the podcast. Um, and so they had emailed us via Instagram DM, <laughs> emailed us. Uh, I'm 85 years old. But anyways, uh, thank you so much, Marcus. We really appreciate your your ideas and it was really fun to talk about them. If you're someone who has already submitted views that we talked about on Patreon, uh, I'm sorry that we didn't give you a shout out on the main podcast, but we're going to start doing that now as long as I can remember. So anyways, I am really excited to talk about divers today because I uh, I was just telling Sam that I re-listened to our first two episodes on divers because normally I just edit them and then just don't listen to them as a whole because that's a lot of listening to your own voice. Um, but this, these last two episodes I listened to just as a listener might hear, uh, them and I got excited again. I got excited about our analysis because like we just in our conversation, I feel like we came up with new ideas on the spot and like, there's so much going on in this song. And as we've said before, it just feels like it's such a like philosophical statement of the album. And so I just feel like there's an endless amount of shit to get into and it's all so interesting we hope i hope so too <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i texted nikki this week i ate an edible and then was listening to an audiobook that was talking a lot about memory and then it made me wonder and feel a little unsure about how balanced our discussion has been overall about this idea that um, women are tied to the shore and men are explorers and are untethered out to sea or whatever. And my text to Nikki was, uh, I thought I had last night was wondering if we've talked about enough about the value of remembering and what is gained by women on the shore and what is lost by diving. And I think what I meant by that was like, 
is it that women on the shore, because they're able to hold this like generational knowledge and they're able to um, have like this resource from which to constantly pull from this, res this resource of um, shared and collective knowledge, um, there's, there's a significant benefit to that, right? There's significant yeah. value in that. And then I was thinking about like, is it that the men are constantly diving to be able to reach that same level of awareness, that same level of knowledge, because they're not able to hold that, hold those memories with them. They don't have that, that same resource. And I don't really know where I was going with that, but no, I love, I love that thought though, Sam. Like, oh, good. <laughs> and I feel like it's important to talk about because I think that you're right. Like, we talked a lot about um, just, like, refresh people's memories. Like, this Melissa Marturano thought where, like, women are bound to the earth, and to the shore, and men are able to go out and explore and, like, gain the knowledge that they gain and, like, do the exploring that they do via diving. And we talked about how, like, men get to determine history, men get to, like, write down the shit that's remembered because, like, their version of events, it, like, is what is taken to be history. But, I, yeah, I think that you were right in, in your, high, your high thought <laughs> where, um, where, yeah, it's just not – I don't know if we've talked enough about, like, how it can be really valuable and there's a whole different kind of knowledge that um, – yeah, like in and of itself is valuable that women get because we had talked a little bit about um, whether we think the narrator of divers wants to go out into the water and wants to do exploring in the same way as our pearl diver is doing or if it's more of a just like sort of more – if she's just like contrasting the the – duality maybe between the diver's life and her own life on the shore. And we had talked a little bit last time about how like, you know, at the end of the song, she says, I'll hunt the pearl of death to the bottom of my life. And we were speculating about like whether that might mean that she's diving within herself and doing this own, like this own, her own kind of, of diving that isn't out into the water. And yeah, we just like, we sort of just left it there. We haven't decided. We didn't make a decision on whether we thought that she wanted to go out into the water and do her own exploring or it's more of a call that like, look, my kind of diving isn't, isn't valued or maybe a little both. But yeah, I think this is like a super important question. Yeah. And it's not something like, I feel like we've talked about this idea of different genders roles on land and sea in and I know we have in Have One On Me, we've talked about it in Yeast. I think about Bear's role and Bear's eventual ending. Um, but yeah, I just got worried that we hadn't placed enough value on remembering and like holding those, keeping those, um, keeping that resource safe. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a sort of community that comes with it too, yes. right? There's like oh, this, exactly. Yes. Yeah. This like like togetherness, this kinship that that women might feel with each other because they're specifically bound to this one spot and because they're specifically bound to having not a singular kind of experience, but one that is nonetheless bound in a way that men aren't. And so although it can be an unjust, unjust position, unjust position to be in, it doesn't mean that there's not positive aspects to it or at least like 
value, as you said, value there. Yeah. And then my other question was, building on what you just said, there is like a collective experiencing, collective experience in remembering. So if women are able to share this knowledge amongst themselves and have this like place-based experience, then does it mean that the contrast of that would be that men, I think I texted this to you, um, because the divers don't remember, they are forced to continually seek that same kind of knowledge. Like every time they dive, they are looking for something and every time they surface, they forget that it's just like this constant cycle mm. of of searching and forgetting. And maybe also just maybe never even finding what it is that they're looking for because they lack that that sense of community and they lack that that ability to like lock away what should be remembered. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's super interesting that like if coming up to the surface represents – because we saw this a little bit in Colleen, right? Like coming to the surface of the water represented this forgetting. So this forgetting yes. that like the freedom of the sea um, was there. And so if she's doing not the same thing, but like a similar sort of um, dynamic uh, where like surfacing means to forget in some kind of way, then like that's such an interesting take on it that like men have this disadvantage of like continue – like the result of forgetting what you've just learned is like this continual – uh, like desperate kind of searching that like can never be satiated. This like insatiable need for more and more. Whereas the woman gets to stay on the surface the whole time and is like, look, like I, I'm not going between sea and shore. Like I, it, it provides her the like epistemic perspective from which to say, uh, like love is the thing that's important. So like if if the theme of the album or like one of the answers that um that our super narr super narrator of the album is gonna give us, uh like how how can we grapple with like the pain of death? How can we grapple with the fact that this is all gonna end? Like what's the meaning of any of it? If the answer to that is gonna be like joy of life and love and all of that, it this might be an interesting um, statement about how our super narrator would have come to see that, uh, which might be this like inherently feminine uh, coded, at least feminine coded perspective, which is that like, look, I've had to watch you go and dive and rinse and repeat that cycle over and over. And men have been doing that for forever. But because we're all bound here, we're forced to, to not have that same kind of distraction. And we're forced in a way that illuminates the truth of the matter for us, which is that like joy and love matter. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. And I think that then my question would be, is it that that perspective isn't being shared with men or is it that the divers are just not willing to um, accept that perspective and are like driven by something different because the answer would be right there then, right? You think that it would be like, okay, if I can share this knowledge with the diver, if I am a woman, a woman on the pier, um, I can share this knowledge with, with my diver and my diver knows, um, okay, love is the answer. I don't need to constantly keep repeating the cycle, but there's something, there's something blocking that, right? There's something right. that's like 
either inherently driving the diver to continually seek knowledge that already exists, or there's some kind of forgetting happening. Yeah. I So I don't know if this is right, but in my mind, it's like, it, it gives me the vibe of like, when you have like a revelation or like an epiphany on like acid or something, mm-hmm. and you try to describe that to someone who's never done the drug, and it's just like this complete disconnect where like one person is operating on like a totally different wavelength with a different like set of of assumptions to begin with. Like you just – it's really hard to communicate certain kinds of truths to – I don't want to say people who are operating on a different level, but like kind of. And like in this song, literally operating on a different level. Like yeah, and there's a In disconnect. terms of shore and sea. Yeah, there's just this disconnect. Exactly. And so – In my mind, at least, it's like you need to have the experience of waiting and waiting and being bound to the shore in order to know the lessons that come from that. And probably similarly, you need to be able to go out and explore in order to know and understand the lessons that come from that. But um, yeah, that's at least in my mind sort of the dynamic here. And it it plays into this thing that I was going to bring up today anyway, um, that Rachel Parent was writing about on Blessing All the Birds. All all the articles on divers are linked in the show notes. There are many, many, many on the song Divers on Blessing All the Birds, so check that out. But here's a direct quote from Rachel talking about um, the division between land and water and how that like maps onto the division between men and women. And then really interestingly, the ways in which this song tries to bridge that divide. So Rachel writes, certainly the main element of this song is the division between land and water. As Melissa has pointed out, those, uh, these two elements are crucial to understanding the message about interactions between men and women. There are so many attempts in the song to navigate that division, diving, sailing, pulling the water to the land, yoking the waves, piers that attempt to bridge the division, tides, The women in the song, as Melissa discussed, are tied to the land, but they are still drawn to the water, still want to explore its depths. Indeed, the narrator seems to suggest that we all come from water in the beginning, Um, which is another (laughs) whole theme that we'll get into. But I just I love that idea that like this song is about trying to bridge that division and like whether that's successful or not is an open question. So then I want to think, why are we drawn to the water? Is it because we are also constantly seeking knowledge? Like what, what draws us there? Is it just because it's like outside of our familiar realm? Like what is it? What is it about water? (laughs) Episode three. Yeah. What is it about water is a good question. In fact, I have a whole section on what water might mean. Uh, (laughs) Wow. This is is going more smoothly than (laughs) We did it, guys. (laughs) We did it. Oh, my God. All right. So Melissa on Blessing All the Birds writes, water for Joanna Newsom means so many things. In Emily and Cosmia, it's a place of discovery and epiphany and family and grieving. In Monkey and Bear, it's a place where Bear can finally escape Monkey to let go of her bodily shame and to take control. It's freedom. 
In Sawdust and Diamonds, the water is where the, narr- where the narrator can possibly drown her desires, and it again promises liberation. In Only Skin, water is the place where the narrator discovered love, lust, and desire, and the drowning, which we find in Sawdust and Diamonds, becomes more bodily for the lovers and represents the dissolution of their relationship and the impossibility of them staying afloat. Their relationship is never truly healed as they drown in the waters of their sexuality. We must also understand, sorry, we must also consider the deep and complex interplay between fire and water in this song, both oddly representative of their desire and destruction of desire. And in Colleen, the narrator was once free in the water and is encouraged on land to forget about that freedom and to practice enforced and repressive femininity. Both Colleen and Bear, female-identified figures, find freedom in water and restrictions on land. Water offers fluidity and land offers rigidity. I mean, that's a Melissa article? Yes. Melissa, you are such an incredible writer. She is such an incredible writer. The way that you portray ideas and the way that you combine words like rigidity and fluidity is not only like poetic, but really clear. So Yes. She has this way of, of... putting these amorphous thoughts into these like concrete terms which make yes. them analyzable in a way that like my heart was like pulling me towards but like I could never articulate those thoughts for myself so yeah I love the way I love Melissa's writing yeah um, okay but that's like a plethora of different things I mean there's common themes there's common themes and it also makes me wonder then It also makes me wonder then if, I don't know, I need like a visual. I need like, I have a whiteboard here. I'm not going to try. (laughs) I need like, okay. So, sorry, can you read me what she said about forgetting? There was something. Yeah. In Colleen, the narrator uh, was once free in the water and is encouraged on land to forget about that freedom and to practice enforced and repressive femininity. Okay, so then, is it that maybe if we are all born, if we are all born in the water, and women are, I think she used the word encouraged. So it's not like a forced thing. I think with selkies, it probably is because they steal their skin. But like, mm. say encouraged onto land. Is it that we are able, is it that women are able to build this collective knowledge, but they're they're able to build this collective knowledge because there's a bunch of women there and we're able to kind of build like a new community and a new resource because we are with other women. Um, but it means that we also lose we lose that fluidity. We lose that ability yeah. to like remember, um, I don't know, maybe where we're from and like why and who, it, just all the WH questions. <laughs> yeah. We lose that. And then we also lose the ability to gain new knowledge, I'm assuming, because we are not exploring. There's no discovery. Right. There's no epiphany. Right. Um there's no freedom. There's no liberation. These are all things that Melissa said that I was typing as you spoke. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know. 
That that sounds right to me. And it like it also goes hand in ham, hand with the theme that like ham and ham. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it goes hand in hand uh, with the theme of like um, water representing this freedom. So like even though there are those those uh, values and lessons and like uh, insights that come from staying on land – uh, that like it's still this ever present reminder. Your your being bound to the land is still your, this ever present reminder that you're not free. That like your freedom is restricted in a way. So maybe part of the allure of the water is just like an allure of freedom. Like mm-hmm. if you were allowed to go into the water, maybe it wouldn't be so appealing. But because it's this this ever present reminder that like things are not accessible to you, that it it has more of allure than it would otherwise maybe yeah i think that would be true for anyone right as soon as someone says you can't go here then that makes you want to go there yeah and probably makes you like internally devalue what you do have access to right yeah yeah exactly so like maybe that would mean then that like if the the knowledge that's going to like, this is total speculation, but like if the knowledge that's going to turn out to be like the answer to this, the questions that this album poses, like this like joy of life answer, if if the route to getting to that answer is on land, like with family, like in stillness, in diving within yourself rather than, you know, out into the waters, then like it also, even though women have access to that kind of diving, the mere fact of the allure of the water because it's the forbidden place itself prevents women from being able to access that, the knowledge that is right there for them to access because it it's a distraction, right? It It is inherently devaluing of that kind of knowledge. And like women aren't going to be, they're still going to be subjected to like these cultural standards that also devalue shore knowledge. I don't know if this is making sense, but like, Basically, even if women have access to the knowledge because the knowledge is in the shore, the the true knowledge is on the shore, that like they're still going to be distracted and think that there might be something being kept from them out there. So it, like it weirdly acts as this oppressive barrier, even if it positions them in a in a place that would otherwise be um, ideal to gain the, the kind of knowledge that we're looking for. I don't know if any of that made sense. <laughs> no, it did. Okay, it right. did. I'm also very curious about this Rachel thought here that water might symbolize both life and death. Mm-hmm. So yep. she talks about the um, hunting the pearl of or diving for the pearl of death uh, to the bottom of her life, but also, yeah, it being this like this place from which we're born. And given like the themes of fertility throughout this this song too, I, I thought that that might just be interesting to keep in mind. We talked about Pearl of Death, and I think we tried to look into it a little bit. Um, but Pearl of Wisdom is a saying too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So super interesting. Pearl of Wisdom is just like um, – what is it even? It's just a phrase, um, a wise word or statement. Yeah. So is that what we're searching for? Pearls of wisdom. 
Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, that, of course, goes right hand in hand with what ham and ham with what we've been saying about the hunt for knowledge. A little like little pearls of wisdom, little chunks of knowledge that everyone wants to go out into the sea to get. But also, yeah, I'm open to different different things that per- the pearl might itself symbolize. I like the idea that it's knowledge and I like the idea that it's like knowledge that is so rich and so deep and so valuable that it's something you risk your life for. Like yeah. having spent your entire life on land and having been assumedly born in the sea, you risk everything for that knowledge. Um, And if you're on land, you also don't have any experience with diving, right? So that would be like an inherently dangerous or like less experienced diving. Yeah, that this is the thing is that like, I'm struggling a little bit with the thought that we're all born in water because like we're not like humans are born on land. Mostly, you know, there are water births and stuff, but like we are land creatures we to survive in water takes like a lot out of us we can't just live in the water we need like you know a place to sleep and uh we need warmth and we don't have uh uh fins and we don't we can't breathe underwater so like water is this inherently inhospitable place for humans at least to some extent right and this is for just a second setting aside like the freedom considerations that you know, the themes of Colleen and stuff like that. Um, And so I've been struggling a little bit with the idea that we're all born in water because of that. And I I don't know, according to this line of thought, and I'm not even subscribing to it, I'm just throwing it out there as like one of the many, many, many thoughts that are bobbling around in my head in the discussion of this episode, that like maybe the pull to water, the pull to exploring and diving in the water is this – like more generalized just pull to like the grass is always greener kind of thinking mm. like this pearl this um pull to the unknown uh and like the mysteries of the unknown even though like what we're looking for is like right here we don't need to I don't know I don't know yeah and I think that that grass is always greener is something we've seen throughout all of her music right like monkey bear headed to the land of milk and honey and yeah um I'm sure there's other examples like in um 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 um, um go long um when our bride is looking for something looking yeah. for happiness somewhere. Yes. And I was also just thinking about like pearls in general. Like why why are humans going after pearls and why have we been going after them for so long? And I don't know, my thought is kind of inchoate but the idea is that like it we've been go we like we want pearls because they're beautiful I'm pretty sure like because we can use them in jewelry and stuff and so there's this like allure of beauty that we're all chasing but like or not we're all like that at least the pearl diver is chasing but like for what end is it just like for the appreciation of beauty in and of itself that that seems like a worthwhile endeavor maybe or maybe the thought is that like look this like beautiful outside has this lure but it's again distracting us from like what you know like the meaning of life (laughs) is or like what what we all should be focused on it's also just like time is long so like 
Is it that we are searching for the pearls as a way to build like this structure around our life? Like I need to wake up. I need to go diving. I need to look for this. Like just like work or whatever cogs in the machine we're doing, right? Whereas our women on the pier are like, for what? Like it's all here. Yeah, Um, right. The idea that we just have to distract ourselves through live through our lives, though, is like I think a very real one that, um, yeah, anytime we're talking about the meaning of life or the joy of life or the pain of life or the pain of death or anything yeah. like that, I think that the like sheer monotony of living <laughs> without any purpose is something to keep in mind. Yeah, something to pass the time, something mm-hmm. to give your like, life occupy the mind yeah something to yeah. occupy the mind something to challenge you something to yeah. make your life feel like it has meaning and even if you're just looking for the same pearl every day yeah and even if you're avoiding the question of like what is the meaning of life you can just yeah. like avoid thinking about like it's easier in in at least some some respect to just like i i don't Throw up your hands and say, I don't fucking know. I'm going to go look for this pearl because it's like a task, you know? It's a task and it's a very focused task, right? Not only is it like dangerous, but you need to be really experienced to be able to do it. Um, And so it's something that would take all of your attention and all of your energy so that I'm assuming – oh, this is assuming. I've never actually dove for pearls. Though if you have, it would be (laughs) really cool to hear from you. Um, I would assume that after, you know, a day of doing this, you arrive home and you don't have the energy to answer all of these bigger questions and you don't have um, the energy to to think about these larger concepts. It's just this cycle of diving and surfacing and diving and surfacing. Yeah. To what end? To what end? Um. I'm going to connect this discussion back to ham and pretend like my ham on ham. Oh, great. Or wait, what, what did I say? Ham on ha- ham. Hand on hand. Ham over ham. Hand in hand. I was trying ham. to say hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pretend that my ham in ham uh, reference was on purpose because look at this amazing connection I'm going to okay, do right ready. now. It's not that amazing. But, um, the, <laughs> very the- <laughs> curious. Pigs? Pigs dive for All right. Oh. So – the etymology of the word, word pearl is from the English word – no, sorry. The English, <laughs> oh, my God. The English word pearl comes from the French pel, originally from the Latin perna, meaning leg, after the ham or mutton leg-shaped bivalve, bivalve, bivalve being like the oyster mollusk uh, shape. So, sorry, say it again. Pearl comes from? <laughs> the, the Latin perm, perma, perna, meaning leg, after okay. the ham or mutton sh- leg-shaped bivalve. So I think the idea is that, like, look, this oyster looks like uh, the way that a ham leg looks, um, or, like, bivalves in general look the way that ham legs sure. look. Uh, and so we're going to name it Perna after, which means leg. Building on your theory. <laughs> There's also the saying, 
pearls before swine. What does that mean? Pearls before swine. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It's a saying. Beauty before (laughs) To give or offer something valuable to someone who does not understand its value. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, This ties right back. (laughs) Holy shit, we're having these like cyclical moments. Okay, new theory. To cast or throw pearls before swine. Okay, let's click this link. Phrases.uk. Oh, Items of quality offered to those who aren't cultured enough to appreciate them. So these pearls of knowledge uh, that we are, that the divers are seeking are at the bottom of the ocean. And the people who are seeking them, the divers, don't have the ability to fully appreciate them because they're just in that cycle of up and down and up and down and up and down. And they're not, they don't actually have that perspective and that cultural knowledge to be able to um, appreciate what it is that they're finding. Yes, I love it. Or the the divers get the pearls and the people who can't appreciate it are the women because they're like, I don't fucking care about your endeavors out to sea. I want love and I want joy and I want time with you. And you just keep going out there. And so I'm not going to like – the man gave to her a jewel worth twice her life. And she's like, yeah, but that's still less expensive than me waiting for you. It co- It's more important for me for you to come back. So like, fuck this pearl. I could do without your goddamn pearls. Yes. And then it's like the question again of value. What are we placing value on? What is remembered? Is it the yes. pearl or yes. is it the waiting? Is it that shared collective experience? Ooh. Yes. And like, oh my God. We're crazy people. Let's just like throw that out there. Like, <laughs> just okay. egging each other on here. Because <laughs> now I was going to say, wait, wait, wait. What if there's a metaphorical metaphorical pearl happening here too? Mm-hmm. Where like uh, the the diver is going out for real pearls, but the the woman on the shore on the pier is getting these not real pearls, but they're pearls of wisdom that the diver. Uh, can't appreciate because he's not cultured enough in the right way, whatever, yes. uh, to appreciate her wisdom, which goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, Sam, in your text, which was that like, look, this information that women get is not valued. Oh my God. And it goes- So not only is it devalued either way, it's just like not able to be translated between the two experiences. Like you yes. could yes. show up with a basket full of pearls And you could come with your entire community of women on the shore and you could attempt an exchange of these resources, but either way, they will not be appreciated. Right. Either way, they will not. Yeah, they just won't. the, The value won't be able to be translated. Love it. Absolutely love it. Wow. And that's the episode, folks. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I'm just kidding. We'll keep talking. Some other things that – that uh, uh, not Rachel. Melissa writes that pearls can be metaphors for are immortality, sex, death, knowledge. The image of an oyster taking the pearl out is all so very clitoral and is reminiscent of images of Venus, the goddess of sex, love, lust, emerging out of a shell. Mm-hmm. And more. The desire for knowledge in divers can be related to a similar desire from the narrator in Go Long, as you said, Sam, a woman longing for forbidden knowledge. 
We talked about the birth of Venus more than once so much so yes. that when I saw uh, like a painting come up in one of the trade groups in my neighborhood, I scooped it up real quick. Hmm. Um, but what was the deal? I remember there was foam. <sighs> was it that like Aphrodite was born of the foam? We, we recently talked we, about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're going to have to come get back to you on that because I don't remember. But there is there is a very sexual reference there in that she's the goddess of sex and love and lust. And obviously pearls are very, they look very much like clit, clitorises, especially when they're encased in like the, the bivalve form of an oyster. Um, and so like, yeah, the idea of sex as it relates to fertility and as it relates to like the guy yoking and laying the bed of shining pearls, it just, it, there is this like sex tone to this song that um, I'm not exactly sure what to make of, but but that we should try to help, we should try to use to inform our our thoughts, maybe. I don't know. I think so. Sorry, I'm looking at Venus stuff now. No, that is totally okay. So um, at the end of one of the articles that Rachel Parent wrote on this song, she writes that she sort of has this like suspicion that light might also be a significant theme on this song. Mm -hmm. But Rachel was like, I'm not prepared to write anything about it yet because like I don't really know what's going on. But I did notice that like light comes up. And so I was like, ooh, what an interesting thought. And I looked up or not looked up, but I like went through the lyrics on the song and tried to find all the references to light that I could. And here's the list that I came up with. Ooh, I love a list. <laughs> nice. I'm so excited. It's not that long of a list, but it's a, it's a weird amount of light references maybe. Um, okay. Than, more than you'd expect in a song about diving. So we have phosphorus, mm -hmm. the, the holding on of light and then like slowly emitting it. Mm -hmm. We have the lighter born, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's not light specifically, but the word light is used there, which pin, pin in which that. Which we tied to waltz, I think, last time yes. too, right? Yep. We have shining pearls, when he lays a bed of shining pearls. Mm -hmm. We have the shucking being quick and bright. Yeah, might be, might be a little bit brutal there. And then we also have nacre. So the woman who's in Nacre, and I looked this up just to make sure that my suspicions were right here, but Nacre appears, so Nacre being just like the the stuff, I think, that uh, Pearl is made out of. Let me just, um, or maybe it's just that the shell is made of. Let me just look up the definition again just to make sure I'm not giving, spreading fake news to everybody. So the definition of Nacre is mother of Pearl, but it's an organic, inorganic composite material produced by some mollusks as an inner shell layer. So, like, you know when you look on the inside of a of yes. a, an oyster and you see that, like, shimmery, it's like… iridescent. Iridescent, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's also the material of which pearls are composed. So, nacre is the very stuff of the pearl. And… Uh, the definition of nacre and how it relates to light is that nacre appears iridescent because the thickness of the ar uh, aragonite platelets is close to the wavelength of visible light. These structures interfere constructively and destructively with different, wavele different wavelengths of light at different viewing angles, creating structural colors. 
So the only reason we can see pearls as being shiny or iridescent in the first place, or even as having like different colors and having that like iridescent quality is because of the way that the structure of light interacts with the structure of the, the nacre. That's really cool. Yes. So I don't know how to tie these themes together. I don't know how to tie these themes to the theme of light being life and darkness being death that we see throughout the album. But let's just, again, put a pin in it. Maybe revisit it. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the, the – because, of course, there's a Wikipedia page for Nacre. And there's some, um, like, microscopic structures of the layers of Nacre, which are incredibly, like, intricate – and layered. Um, so I'm sure we could tie that into just like, like we talked about in Sapiconican, like all of the layers of remembrance. I mean, we could tie anything into anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, I like the idea too of like, I don't know, like the only allure of pearls coming from something to do about life like the and like that the diver like um he's only phosphorescent when he's doing the diving like what he feels most alive when he's doing the diving so something along those lines but like I don't fucking know I don't know it also says on the wikipedia page that the formation of nacre is not fully understood. Mm. So they know a little bit about the initial, like how it's built initially, how it forms initially, but that's kind of it. Yeah. Ooh, there's also like a little bit about defects in the nacre. Defects that's, yeah. So like defects that spiraled in opposite directions created distortions in the material that drew them towards each other as the layers built up until they merged and canceled each other out. Later layers of nacre were found to be in uniform and ordered structure. I like that. I like the idea that like this incredibly beautiful and like light reflecting, light holding um, formation not only isn't uh, fully understood, but that it's it has defects that merge and then cancel each other out. That just gives me like a yeah. Like a, uh, read like my mind. Moving here. apart, coming together. Moving motion. apart, coming together. Um, I thought of like the like a strand of DNA, but then also like um, we talked about the critical reactions video so yes. much um, last episode, and one of the things that. Um, they were talking about in that video, Brian was talking about in that video, was um, that pulling apart and coming together. Yep. Yep. Love it. Absolutely love it. Mirroring the movement of the diving and the not diving and, yeah, just the movement we've seen on the whole, on the whole album. Um, I love how we're doing, like, a preliminary, like, a very long preliminary we discussion. Up. We just got wrapped up. Yeah. We've already started the song, but we're doing a um, a two-verse-in preliminary <laughs> segment. Oops. Okay. I also thought maybe there might be something interesting in the idea that reflecting on just, like, how a pearl is formed in the first place, it's, like, when, like, a microscop- microscopic little something 
gets trapped inside of the mollusk, right? Inside of the oyster. And so then that like little tiny irritation just over time uh, gets built upon and built upon with like layers and layers and layers of nacre. And I don't know exactly what to make of that other than that like if we're talking about the metaphorical pearl that that might be gained by the woman on the shore, like that some little tiny like irritation might have gotten to her. And then like she has so much time to ruminate on it and to like build upon that little microscopic grain of irritation to like maybe get a pearl. I don't know. That's just maybe a far-fetched thought, but there you have it. No, I think we can – I like that as it relates to the idea of being like limited to a certain space, right? So um, if we are maybe following the idea that we're all born in water, but then after a certain time, we are limited to land, um, even though we have all of this um, communal knowledge and this really this really valuable resource of um, shared memory, the fact that we don't have access to the sea, to water, could be that rumination point, right? Mm-hmm. And even though it might be something small, its value grows over time because um, it's something we can't access. Yep. We like ruminate over the same little small point and then – And it's the yeah, same as know. the diver then, right? The diver yeah. is um, so hyper-focused on the, um, on the looking for pearls – that um, they're not able to expand that focus to what what really matters to um, yeah family and love and all of that all of that totally. stuff. And like speaking to that point too, the other thing that I thought of while you were in the bathroom was uh-huh. <laughs> was just the idea that like we've already in the first verse the diver gives the woman a jewel, presumably a pearl. Um, And then later in the song, we're going to see her on a stone in nacre. So I think probably like draped in pearls or, or maybe metaphorically in nacre, but, but, but the idea that like she's adorning herself with these jewels that he's going out and diving for brings forth this like really shitty, terrible, scary irony where we have like this guy who's like hyper-focused on going out and getting pearls. Why do we want pearls? Presumably to like put them, to turn them into jewelry, which like women can adorn uh, and like, you know, ostensibly enhance their beauty from like being draped in all these pearls. And she's like, hey, look, I am draped in these pearls. I'm wearing these pearls. And you still are more focused on like the exploring and like the going out and the getting them rather than, than me who has draped my like so it's like this like very like mind-numbingly frustrating infinite regress vicious cycle ye vibe yeah and there's also such an irony in being draped in something that you can never access yeah like that has to be brought to you that has to be brought to you and is given explicit value because you are unable to access it yes right yeah, I was I was just reading that like um natural naturally found pearls are like exceedingly rare in nature. Like that's why they're so expensive and so valuable is because like to come across like a perfectly round one in nature is like you have to open thousands of mollusks to find that. Yeah. 
Which also makes me think of like the expendability of mollusks here. Like the oh, for like, sure. These things are like forming forming pearls with their bodies. Like with their bodies, they are giving rise to these little pearls. And then most of the time in the collecting of it, they're dying for the extraction of these pearls. Um and for like the beauty that that they've made. So there's a sacrifice there, right? Then yeah. it's 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 not only that the diver is um, seeking um, seeking something that's readily available, is that there's a loss in bringing those pearls back to the surface. And then the, the image of someone draped in pearls then is all that more like haunting. Yeah. Um, as it is with like any any animal-based thing like that, right? And it, it – it emphasizes maybe the image or like this symbolism as, of pearls and death, uh, pearls being linked to death in that way because they are very literally linked to death uh, when it comes to the poor little mollusk. Mm-hmm. And also like if – I was just trying to think like, okay, and then like what is the like analog to to women? Like the, the mollusks – sacrifice themselves for the pearl and like what do the women sacrifice themselves for in in that like same sort of like analogous kind of way I was like is it a baby but then I was like I don't know like the baby isn't quite being valued in this song and I was like oh wait maybe it's sex maybe it's that like the woman sacrifices her body so that like this like clitoral image of like the pearl within gets like captured and like consumed in a way and then like her body has been sort of I hesitate to like speak of it in ter- in these terms because it takes away women's agency and sexuality to speak of it as like this male conquest where like the man comes and like rips her open, takes what he wants and leaves. Like that takes away female woman uh, agency in, mm-hmm. in the act. But at the same time, maybe there is this sort of conquesty, um, I don't know, vibe to it or something. I'm not sure. I don't know what to make of it. I'm talking off the cuff. I think we could connect it to the Selkie again too, right? Like the way that the Selkie is is brought on land and is forced to stay is by the capturing of her skin. So in the same way, if, it's, if it is like the pearl that we are extracting um, or the experience of the pearl that we're extracting from women, um, that also forces um, a relationship with land that is maybe – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's maybe implicit in that interaction. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Lots of pearl stuff, which is cool. So much pearl stuff. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Learned lots about pearls today. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Uh, Melissa Marcherano in one of her posts wrote that she was going to read uh, the book called The Pearl by John Steinbeck. And then she, like, puts a little editor's note in 2013. She's like, I had to stop because I hated it. So <laughs> I I was considering, I think maybe I'll try to read it. It's just a short story. Like, it's, a, it's not very long. So I think I'm going to try to maybe read it either for next recording or maybe for a bonus episode. We'll see. But mm. who knows if it's relevant or if it's not. Uh, but it might be worth getting into. A story first published in 1947 follows a pearl diver, Kino, and explores man's purpose as well as greed, defiance of societal norms, and evil. Sounds relevant. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it has to do with the themes of divers, maybe? Hmm. Yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe. Um, okay. So do we, like, I don't, have we done, like, a whole episode already on preliminary notes, but that has come as the third yeah. episode? Yep. It's been about an hour. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's what, whatever. That's fine. That's um, what happened. It was a good discussion. Happened. Yeah, it was a great discussion. I had so much fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to part three of Divers, uh, preliminary notes, part three. Um, we really appreciate you being here and uh, we had a lot of fun. You can check us out on Patreon. We have bonus episodes there as well as early episode releases. So that is linked in the show notes, but also I think it's just um, patreon.com slash a hopeless endeavor. Uh, we have a Facebook group, uh, Hopeless Endeavor, a Joanna Newsom podcast. We have an email that you should definitely send us your thoughts and theories to, um, and voice memos or just sentences or whatever. Just uh, sentences. It is- <laughs> you don't even need, no, no punctuation, no capitalization. We're not the grammar police. We don't care about that. No, no, just some thoughts. Stream of consciousness. Uh, the email is a hopeless endeavor at gmail.com. What else, Sam? We Sam does such a good job run, running our Instagram. She has all these beautiful links up. She posts these gorgeous photos. She's just an all-star. Uh, she even does stories. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can follow us there. I would love if you sent us things in DMs there. I check those often. Um, what it's else a Hopeless Endeavor say? podcast. If you were listening to this and you had like ideas that connected or didn't connect, or you were like, often I listen to podcasts and I'm yelling at them as I clean my house or walk (laughs) or whatever, um, send us a voice memo, pause and record and send us what you think, or send us a screenshot of your notes app, which I am constantly filling out with random ideas. Um, we would love that. We'd love to hear from you. That we would really love to hear from you, especially there's just like really big themes on this album in particular. And like, just inevitably there are things that Sam and I are not going to think of and like ways of connecting these like specific themes to these grander like huge themes of like life and death and existentialism and immortality and all the crazy ass shit that's happening on Diver. So we'd really appreciate your guys' feedback uh, and, and yeah, just thoughts. Thank you so much for listening. Um, sorry, not sorry. This was no lyrics again, <laughs> but we'll get there. But we're getting there. Part four is going to be out next week, and we're going to continue with the third, the third verse of Divers. So tune in next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.